It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. My name is Vanessa Grace, and I am your host. There are so many things happening in the world right now, and there is so much change occurring. And each of us as individuals are probably struggling to keep up with just all of the things that are being said in addition to how life is going at home and whatever personal improvements we're trying to make in our very own lives, in our relationships within ourselves, our relationship to ourself, and just all the ways that a human can desire change. And so today I want to go into some knowledge that I have about the process of change and um, the stages that a person can go through when they're attempting to change an aspect of themselves or um, an external part of their life. And then I'm going to talk about um, a little bit about the brain and what it's like to attempt to change some things in the brain when we are changing our behaviors and and why it can seem so hard to make changes. Because, you know, even within myself, I too, when I try and make changes, Um, you think that it would just be, I know all this stuff, so the change would be easy, but it's not always easy. Um, I, I make progress and then I stumble and I fall backwards and then I have to get up again and start over, um, attempting, you know, like restarting several things, um, repeatedly. And so I'm in the same boat as you guys sometimes with making the changes. And sometimes when we see someone who has been successful at something that we desire, we can assume that it came to them easily. And that is not necessarily the case. We don't know what went into their change um, to get them there. We don't know what happened behind closed doors that they didn't show other people. And so um, we can't always assume that the change process was easy for a person. So I briefly just want to go over that we each have different facets of our lives and we can be in the different, we can be in a different place of change and evolution in each of those life areas. Maybe we are more progressed and advanced in our career, but we're, um, less advanced in our interpersonal relationships, but then feel pretty far along with where we want our family to be. But then uh, maybe our finances, while we have the money, we're not managing it very well. And so even in those five or six areas I just said, there's different levels of of advancement and different um, places that a person might be at with their change. So let's get into this framework that I want to um, explain to you guys, that it's going to help you have a rational way to think about change and to process change, because there can be comfort when there is a system to put ourselves into and go, ah, I can assess myself as being here with this particular change that I am making. 
So now that I've given that long, long ass intro, let's get into it. So this is called the stages of change. And there are five stages to change. And um, the last one is not one that you always end up in. Sometimes you'll end up in the fourth one and stay there. And there's not really anything wrong with that. It's just that there's five, but sometimes you only make it to four and that's okay. So the first stage is called pre-contemplation. And the second stage is called contemplation. And I point that out just to show that there is a distinction. In the first stage of change, there is a lack of awareness. You're not contemplating change. Pre-contemplation, before contemplation, you're not considering change. Maybe you think that change isn't necessary, or maybe you think that change um, isn't for you. Like you don't like what's happening, or you don't think it's very effective, but you're not interested in in making it happen or doing anything about it. Um, and so, but usually pre-contemplation means that there's a lack of awareness. Now, maybe um, like a silly example might be that your home is really outdated in terms of its decor. Um, well, I shouldn't say silly, just in comparison to the other one, other examples I'll be giving, it's less serious. It's a more lighthearted one that we can relate to. But I do believe seriously that what we surround ourselves with does influence our happiness. So I, I do think that, but I'm totally off base now. <laughs> Okay, so maybe um, in this example, your house is outdated, but you're unaware of it, but your friends are. And they mention it to you, like kind of jokingly, hey, it's kind of like you're in the 1970s, and you're like, ha 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 ha, what are you talking about? This is great. Um, so other ways that you could be in the pre-contemplation um, stage is other people might be recommending to you that you need to be changing your life choices or your behavior in more serious ways, like your BFF or your sister or your dad might say something to you and you're like, what are they talking about? I just don't see it. And so pre-contemplation can sometimes seem like you're oblivious or not open to change or really just not seeing what is in front of you and how it's impacting other things. The next stage, as I've already said, is contemplation. And this is where you start to wonder if what those loving people have said to you, hopefully in a loving way, but not always, we know that, um, that maybe they're right. Maybe my 1970s decor is really awful and not done well, but um, is kind of keeping you in the past. Or maybe it showcases that you're not caring about yourself enough to bother to focus on your environment. Contemplation also has this feeling of curiosity, but also trepidation. Because maybe you don't really want to know what you're starting to know. And so it can feel like I'm starting to become aware that there is a change that needs to happen. But there could be dread around that. There could be fear around that. There could be feeling like a fool because maybe you're the last one to figure it out. 
You could be a front runner, though, in this contemplation phase, and maybe you figured out that change needs to happen before anybody even said anything to you. Maybe you're beginning to realize that change needs to happen um, before anybody else on the work team is recognizing it, and you're noticing early signs that something needs to shift. And contemplation just means you're thinking about it. Um, and you thinking about it, I know I've mentioned some negative um, emotions that could be attached to that, that are kind of like fear-based and moving forward with nervousness. But there could also be excitement that could come with contemplation because you're like, ooh, I'm excited for this change. I'm excited to understand um, what the problem has been, or I'm excited to see what kind of leaps forward we could make um, in the business or in my personal life or in my family life when we come together and make this change. Contemplation is often the stage that a person will stay in the longest. They will deliberate within themselves for a very long time. Um, not everyone stays in contemplation for a long time, but people can stay there a long time. And it can be hard, potentially frustrating, irritating for the people that love the person who is staying in contemplation um, because they want them to, to move forward to other stages. But people move through the stages of change at their own rate and um, forcing someone into the next stage usually is ineffective. So let's talk about the next stage. You would think that it might be taking action, but we're not there yet. We still need more processing time. So the next, so stage one is pre-contemplation. Stage two is contemplation. Stage three is preparation. This is where you're gaining knowledge and gathering resources, either physically or like kind of intangibly. So for physical resources, let's go back to this example of realizing that your 1970s decor needs to be updated. So preparation might include pondering what style you like. You're looking at Pinterest, you're looking at house, you're, you know, the, the website with the double Z's at the end. You're looking in, online. Um, right now, you're probably looking online at different stores for what style you like. Maybe you're reading a book. You're looking at a magazine. You're taking a quiz. You're looking or remembering what your friends have in their house. You're maybe identifying what kind of lifestyle you want to be living and how can your house help you live that life. And so you might be buying stuff, but it might just be ending up in the garage or the shed or never unboxed. You're not actually doing anything with it yet. Um, there's a lot of preparation is the stage where you go out and you learn. You, you might have conversations with people, but they'll sound like, I'm going to go do this. I want to do that. They're all future oriented and they're all you imagining and playing with the idea of the change that you're going to make. It's like you're trying on different options for size to see which one is going to work best for you. 
and you can stay in preparation for a long time. And because you might be buying things or you might be looking up places online, um, other people around you might assume that you're going, you're going to immediately begin implementing the action. But again, that's not necessarily the case. And if you have a person that you love who is in preparation and you see them um, researching and looking up times for um, events to go to that are related to the change you want them to make, you, you may assume that they're on the cusp of actually doing it, but that comes in the next stage, which is action. Action is where you actually have the follow through. Now, because they have done preparation, if you've done the preparation work, when you get to action, you, you already know what design elements that you like, that you want in your house. You've taken the quiz. You know that you are French country um, with some modern contemporary. I literally just threw buzzword out, you guys. I'm not even sure if I know what that would look like. I do watch HGTV, but you know. <laughs> so maybe, you know, you've discovered your style for you and you've begun to pull together elements um, of furniture and decor that seem like you. You've got your mood board or uh, maybe you've bought some things and put them in the garage yet to be integrated into the house. But action is where you're actually going to move all the furniture out. You know, maybe depending on how much work you're doing, maybe you're ripping up floors, maybe you're not. And you're going to shift everything around and actually put the new furniture in your house. You're no longer imagining the change. You're actually doing the change and looking up, um, ways to be a better person or ways to change your body or ways to eat better. Um, that's a preparation phase or even contemplation that is different from actually taking the action where you put new items in your house, where you actually change a communication pattern and actually implement something that your therapist has been telling you to do, or implement something that you saw on Instagram, or implement something that you read in a magazine from a reputable source, or you actually implement something that um, you heard in a podcast or read in a book that is a legitimized good idea, you know, quote unquote, from, from someone who knows what they're talking about, not just not recommendations from a person who doesn't have their credentials or who doesn't have the lived experience or from a person that you kind of wouldn't respect anyway. You, you know, you need to be using information from sources that you respect and you see them walking the talk. And so action, you can be in action phase for a while because it can take a long time to make changes. It can take a long time to switch your house from the 70s to 2020 or whatever year it is that you're listening to this because, you know, we wouldn't want to date ourselves. Um, it can also take a while to change how you have a fight with your partner or how frequently you're bringing up, um, I dislike the way you're behaving and I'm not going to let you treat me that way anymore. It can take a while 
for an addict or an alcoholic to decide that they're going to be in the action phase. An action for a person who is um, an addict or an alcoholic is recovery. It's when they're choosing to not use anymore and not engage in the behaviors that are addict behaviors. And so that is why um, action, you can be in action for a really long time. You're in action until you flip over to the fifth phase, which is maintenance. And maintenance is when whatever the change is has become automated. You don't really have to think about it anymore. It's just the thing you do. You wake up, you turn off the alarm, you pet your cat, you brush your teeth, you meditate for five minutes or whatever your morning routine is. If it's automated, then you're in maintenance. If you're making the change and doing the change and you're still doing it, every day and it's been three years, but it's not automated yet, you might be in action forever where it's a daily choice and and you might never move to maintenance because it's so easy for you to slide backwards in this one life area and this change that you made that you have to take specific choices every day to maintain this new thing that you are doing. For other people, um, depending on how big the change was, they could be, or how simple, you know, just the change is, they could be in action for three months and be moving to maintenance. And maybe it was with, I don't know, being better about cleaning their house. And so they just made an internal decision that that was important to them. They have the reasons why cleaning their house is now important. And so they then... um make the routine and it's they've made the concerted effort and then it just became automated for them because it was that important to them. So you can see how depending on what thing you're changing and what kind of person you are, you're going to be in a different stage with your change. And you could be in multiple of the stages with different items. So maybe you're the person that's redoing your house and you're in action with that. And maybe you are just beginning to realize that you actually don't like how your brother has certain conversations with you. And so you're in contemplation with that. And maybe you are in maintenance with smoking because you did your work around not being a smoker anymore. And you did that 10, 20 years ago. And so you're in maintenance with not smoking because you don't even think about it anymore. And so depending on what this thing is in your life, you can be in three or four different stages where it, we're all in all of them. And it depends on um, how you look at this process and how you look at the thing that you are changing. Okay. So here I'm going to talk a little bit about our brain. Our brains um, have been programmed to do certain things very quickly. When we have actions and thought patterns that we repeatedly do, our brain does something called myelination. I know it's a really big fancy word, right? It's a super cool word. So basically it means the neurons and axons and other fancy brain words that are strung together that the electrical impulses go across to create our thought or our emotion or whatever signal the brain is sending. 
when we do that pathway, that neural pathway frequently enough, it gets myelinated. And that means that it um, gets a sheathing put around it to make it go super fast. And so when you have been making the same choices, be that um, I'm going to walk here and then I'm going to walk there and then I'm going to walk there in your kitchen for 20 years, when you change the layout of your kitchen, you might bump into the wrong thing for a little while. Or when you get your haircut um, up to your ears, but it's been halfway down your back, you might notice yourself flicking your head a little bit because your brain is used to, my hair is going to be in front of my shoulders. I have to flick my shoulder, flick my head to sling my hair back past my shoulder because it's just so used to doing that pattern because it's been myelinated. And there's probably other reasons behind that too, but this is the, you know, the example that I'm giving. So the relationship patterns that you have, how you communicate with people, um, the words that come out of your mouth, what phrases you use, how you think about yourself and other people, your um, willingness to be positive, your openness to other perspectives, all of that is a pattern in your mind that um, has potentially been myelinated. Not all of them have been sheathed with this um, material that, because I am a biologist, I do not understand, um, that has been sheathed with it to make it go faster. And so when you are in the change process, you are attempting to take the myelination, which is a four-lane highway with a huge on-ramp that you are totally used to just getting on that instantaneously when you're at the beginning of that thought process, you just automatically get on that four-lane highway and you are attempting to build another trail. It might start out as a goat trail or it might start out as a hiking trail that has, you know, like the bark dust on it that's been well-maintained by the park rangers, but it's probably not as prevalent of a thought pattern as you want it to be. And so you are up against the myelination four-lane highway when you are trying to build the new path. And so you might need reminders when you're in preparation phase or you're in the action stage. You might need reminders around you that you're trying to go down the goat trail or go down um, the park ranger maintained path because you want to make that one bigger. And the more frequently you choose the smaller path, the new one that you're trying to go down, um, the easier it's going to be to go onto that one. And the more frequently that the super wide four lane highway is not used, the more it will come into disrepair and begin to break down. But you're trying to break down that four lane highway that has been myelinated probably because you've discovered it's no longer healthy for you and you no longer want to be that way. Just because it got myelinated doesn't mean that it was a good choice for you. Although, in all honesty, it was probably a survival tactic from some place in your life. Um, and so it worked for the time that it worked for you and it needed to be myelinated to keep you safe during that time, but its time has expired. And so now comes the work to shut down the highway, but it doesn't happen overnight. Your brain isn't used to that one not being used. And so it keeps wanting to use that neural pathway. And so you have to keep 
choosing purposely the smaller one and eventually it will get bigger and so you're making the four-lane highway a two-lane highway while you're making um, your park ranger uh, path into a one-lane dirt road and then the four-lane highway went down to two and now it's a one-lane highway but now your dirt road maybe becomes a paved residential road that's really wide and eventually they switch which one's bigger and depending on what it is and depending on how much reminders you give yourself and how much kindness you give yourself is going to depend on how long it takes to switch it but that is why it can take people a while to struggle to make change because it is baked into our brains. So I wish you all um, so much love for whatever change you are going through. I see you. I know that it is, you know, it can be a struggle and it can be tough to choose to make a change, but it is very, very brave to step out and say, I want to do something different with myself. I want to change my thoughts. I want to start thinking positively about me. Or I want to begin to believe that I am worth something. I want to um, stop letting other people's opinions influence what I actually want to do with my life. All of those things are really brave. Maybe you're saying to yourself, I want to start telling my spouse what I actually want rather than just giving in to avoid conflict. That is very brave. And that's really hard to do when you live with a person, especially right now. And I know some places are starting to open up, but not all of them are. And so um, my sister, I wish you love and I wish you lots um, lots of kindness to yourself as you engage in this change process. Um, As always, I have bunches of resources on codependency if you guys are interested in continuing to change that about yourself. I have my new um, masterclass out, Five Deep Truths About Codependency, How It's Hijacking Your Life and What You Can Do About It. And in that uh, masterclass, I talk about um, specific elements of codependency that are deeply rooted in how we believe about ourselves and how we behave. If you're new to codependency or to this podcast, that would be a great thing to check out because it goes over on a deep way what really is codependency. And there are relatable examples that you can see maybe in yourself or in your loved ones. And if you are not new to the discussion of codependency, it still goes deep enough so that you would get new information about what it meant to you on almost a visceral level. And you can check that out at soulamplified.org slash five deep truths. And the five is the number you wouldn't spell out five. So five, the number deep truths. Everybody go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. 
I love hearing how you're growing. Get Amplified!